audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. We are in John chapter 4 in one of the really intriguing stories of Scripture. It's about Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman at the well. They couldn't have been more different. Apart from the gender difference, male and female, there was also an ethnic difference. Jesus is Jewish. She's a Samaritan. And then on top of that, there was a holiness issue. Jesus, of course, is pristine, pure, righteous, and sinless. This woman had a past. And what an interesting one. Not even the normal run of the mill. Because basically, we'll see that she had five husbands and was now with a man who wasn't her husband. Perhaps she was in what we call a cohabitating or de facto relationship. So that means five husbands. Then she has the current man. That's number six. And now she's meeting Jesus, and he's number seven. But he's not interested in being her boyfriend or husband or anything like that. He's got a more noble intention. He wants to be her savior and Lord. And it's interesting, they say in Bible numerics that seven is the perfect number, and Jesus is the seventh man. That's why this lesson is called the seventh man, coming from John chapter 4, verses 9 to 18. John 4, 9 to 18. I want to read to you a little bit from that passage, give you a summary, and then we're going to go right into it in depth. In this particular one, Jesus answers and says to her in John 4, verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. All right. Well, the woman says to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence do you have this living water? And then she goes on to talk about her father, Jacob. What we have here is two different languages, two different levels of spirituality, or in one case, the ultimate spirituality, and the other, the ultimate carnality. And on top of it all, from this disparagement in in temperament, in language, in holiness, Jesus bridges the gap. He not only makes the connection for this woman, but he reveals himself in a way he hasn't done to anyone else up to now, showing his true identity to her and basically to the world. And in fact, because she's the most unlikely person for this wonderful face-to-face encounter with Jesus, it shows the amazing, wonderful grace of God. So in this particular lesson, it starts out with the woman being bemused because Jesus is talking to her, Jesus is requesting of her. She is just absolutely, how should you say, gobsmacked that this Jewish man, who appears to be a holy man, would be talking to her, an unholy Samaritan woman. And then Jesus basically speaks to her, look, you, I need something from you in the natural. You need something from me in the spiritual. She uses her natural reasoning. She even speaks of Jacob as if Jacob were her biological uh, forefather, even though he wasn't. 
And then it talks about thirsting again and never thirsting again. Jesus is offering her water from heaven that when she drinks of it, she will never need to be thirsty anymore. And then basically Jesus talks about her life story, about the five husbands that she had, and that when he tells her this, she says, wow, you must be a prophet. Well, as we're going to discover, and as we should already know, Yes, Jesus is a prophet like unto Moses, as we read in Deuteronomy 18. But he's more than a prophet. He's more than a priest. He's more than a king, even. He is the Messiah, son of David, son of God. Let's read now the entire portion from John chapter 4, verses 9 to 18. The lesson is called the seventh man. And the reference, John 4 9 to 18. Let's listen to the word of the Lord. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. The reading is from John 4, verses 9 to 18, and the lesson is called The Seventh Man. And well, what an understatement. Yes, he is a prophet, and much more. First of all, let's begin with verse 9 of John 4. The woman at the well is startled. How can you, a Jewish man, ask of me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? First, it was not customary to have rather engaged or even casual communication between men and women. But more importantly, the Jews and the Samaritans despised each other. All of this began to date back to the year 722 B.C., when the Assyrian Empire came, invaded the northern kingdom of Israel, conquered the city of Samaria, which is the capital. It's not only the name of the capital, but the name of the region, Samaria, and deported the ten tribes of Israel and transplanted them in the far reaches of the empire, as described 
in 2 Kings chapter 17. But the Assyrians didn't just deport the Israelites out of the country. They imported heathen people into the country and settled them in the place of the Israelites. They eventually adopted some aspects of the Jewish religion as the years went by, particularly the five books of Moses known as the Torah. They also had animal sacrifices, they kept Passover, and so on. But yet the two groups were deadly rivals ever since. You can read some of this in the book of Nehemiah. So though they had some things in common, they couldn't be more far apart. And there were hostilities from time to time. So in the Old Testament, Samaria was actually Israelite territory. But in the New Testament, the Israelites, by and large, were not living there. It was this hybrid people known as the Samaritans, which from an Israelite point of view, they also had a hybrid version of Judaism. So this is how it began. And then in verse 10 of John 4, Jesus gives what we call the wake up. He explains to the woman who's basically, she is so bemused at the fact that Jesus wants water from her that I don't think she gave him a drink at that point. He says, if you knew the gift of God, and this gift from God is beyond price, and if you knew the identity of the man who's now asking you for a drink, it would be you that would be doing some asking in return. What would this woman ask for from the man by the well? Well, she would be asking him, and he would give her living water. Now, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2.13 and chapter 7.13, it talks about the source of living water, or rivers of living water, or shall I actually call it fountains rather than rivers, fountains of living water, implying that God himself is the source of all life, all hydration, all blessing. And then in verse 11 of John 4, like Nicodemus did in chapter 3, the woman uses natural reasoning. Because Jesus speaks plainly, but it's about spiritual and heavenly things. The Samaritan woman, like Nicodemus, can only be in the natural, because at this point she's not yet born again. She can only think of the earth, earthy. So she reasons that he is incapable of giving her living water because Jacob's well is very deep and he has no rope or bucket to draw from. Then in John 4:12 she asked the question, "Do you think you are greater than Jacob?" And she actually refers to Jacob as our father Jacob, the man who dug the well, he drank from the well. And he also had his children and cattle nourished by the well. Well, the short answer to a question of, is Jesus greater than Jacob, is yes, he is greater. Yet of interest is that she refers to Jacob as our father. Now, whether she's including Jesus in the plural, first person, or whether she's just speaking about her people and excluding Jesus, I'm not sure. However, the fact that she's even trying to link herself to Jacob is interesting because the chances of her having a direct biological linkage to the great patriarch is very slim. She's a Samaritan. Maybe there's a little bit of Israelite blood somehow, somewhere down the line, but there's also a strong chance there was none. Or perhaps 
this woman was advocating an ancient form of what we call replacement theology, which takes the things that belong to the Jews in Scripture and appropriates these things to themselves. So that leads us to verse 13 of John 4. Thirsting again. Jacob is good, and his well is also good. Yet the water in the well is only natural water, and if you drink from it, you will indeed thirst again. Oh, thank God there was a well, but it's not going to satisfy the most important needs, because the most important needs are not physical needs, but spiritual. So Jesus then talks about this in verse 14. He is offering something too good to refuse. If you drink of this living water, his living water, you will never thirst again. It will be a well that springs up to everlasting life. By this point, the woman is absolutely sold. In verse 15, please give me this water so I will not get thirsty again and I can retire from coming to this well and drawing water. After all, remember, water in a bucket can be pretty heavy, and yet oftentimes it was women who did it. With that in mind, Jesus asked what appears to be a trick question. In John four sixteen, he says, okay, you want to drink from this water? Before you do, go, call your husband, and come back to me. The woman then gives a very honest answer. She says simply, I have no husband. It's a good thing that she answered truthfully because Jesus already knew her situation. He basically is telling her life story in John 4.18. And he comments that she has answered correctly or truthfully. In fact, Jesus says she has had five husbands and her current boyfriend was not her husband. Now, she may or may not have been in a de facto living arrangement, but the fact is, this is a woman that's had not one, not two, not three, not four, not even five, but six men. And every one of those relationships either was a failure or ended prematurely through death. Either way, it's not a good picture. And Jesus becomes the seventh man in her life the perfect one, and he will succeed where the others have failed. So then the woman at the well makes a statement. She's, of course, startled and says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, in one sense, she's totally correct. Jesus is a prophet. He is the coming prophet that Moses foretold in Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 18, where Moses says, look, after me will come a prophet like me from among your brethren. You need to listen to everything that this prophet says, because if you don't listen to the words of this coming prophet, you will be cut off from the people. Now, there's no question that this coming prophet is Jesus. He is anointed a prophet like Moses. But also remember, Jesus is anointed, as he is the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. He is anointed to be a priest like Melchizedek. And it doesn't stop there. He's anointed a king like David. He's anointed prophet, priest, 
king, son of David, son of God. He covers every base. But notice the grace of Jesus. He's speaking to a woman who probably is in an unhealthy and unholy relationship with that sixth man. Note he commends her for being truthful, but at this point, he doesn't condemn her. Now, it's not to say he approves of her living arrangements, far from it, but at this point, she's receiving grace. And grace is the wonderful, unmerited favor of God given to the most unworthy of people. And usually, the ones that respond best to the grace of God are those who need to be forgiven a lot. This woman needed a lot of forgiveness, and Jesus was more than willing to give it to her. It gets even better as we go through the story. Now, our time is just about finished, but have no fear. We will continue to learn about the woman at the well in our very next lesson. So this lesson was called The Seventh Man. And our lesson for life is this. Jesus' divinely ordained encounter with the Samaritan woman impacted the region and the world. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.